0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Nakama Podcast. I'm your host Cruz and I'm here joined with my co-host. And today, uh, while we are mostly going to talk about
1: Fanime, we do have some news for you. A lot of news. Not really. Very small-sized news. Yeah. Starting with Biomutant. That game came out, I believe, last week and it, it was trash. I saw some gameplay. I saw other people review. I wasn't interested in the game. I could have picked it up for two dollars because EA was having like a weird um, glitch where you yeah. could have picked it up for two bucks. But I was like, eh, doesn't look like my type of game. And from what it, from what everyone is saying, the game has great ideas. The studio's too small to to do them all. Apparently, the devs are saying that there is a patch coming out to fix all of the issues. Cause uh, from what I hear, a lot of the big complaints is this is like a third person, kind of like an RPG kind of game. And when you're swinging your little sword, there's no like oomph. So you just kind of feel like you're slapping them. Yeah. And some of the moves don't work as intended. Like there's this fire jump move, which you can barely land. Cause your character just does it too slow. But if you, if you got the, got the game, just know by the time you hear this, it should be coming out or it's, on the way.
0: The the patch.
1: You the patch, yeah. Other news, Netflix is trying to be the first ones to, to go from streaming service to now game making. They're trying to get into the gaming market. But They wouldn't be the first ones. Who else did it first? Amazon. Oh, shit,
0: you're right. Yeah, Amazon has a game studio. Yeah. Uh, that uh, They announced like 12 games and then they canceled like nine of
1: them. Yeah, I but... forgot about that.
0: <laughs> but Amazon has one. Hmm. Yeah, right now I believe they don't necessarily develop games on their own. They find games that are being developed by smaller studios, and they just give them money.
1: Damn, that'd be nice. To, they they basically
0: an- act as producers.
1: Amazon would be the one that I would go with because I know GameStop make a made a couple of games, and they were they were very okay. Yeah, I know they did like one where you play as like balls. I forgot what it was called, and then there was another one that's like an underwater level. I think it was called like a deep sea. Yeah. Something like that, and they were okay. But yeah, Netflix wants to get into that. They're they're making air quote making animes, and now they want to make games. Other news, you probably already heard this, but supposedly the Switch Pro is going to be coming out later this year. When the rumors were coming out, a lot of people were saying that it better do 4K and it better be a dock only system. And yeah, to I don't me, understand that. It's like that beats the purpose of it being a Switch. The the selling point – one of the selling points is the fact that you can take it to go and then put it down on your TV when you get home. Yeah. Taking away the fact that you can take it on the go kind of beats like half of the reason to get a Switch.
0: Not just that, but it also makes it the worst system.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because
0: if we're talking about like – Oh, it's it's only going to be like a like you plug it into your TV and play kind of situation. the The PlayStation and the Xbox are better versions of that. The uh, best thing about the switch is that I can play it on my TV and then pick it up and then walk outside and continue playing the game. Yeah. and that is that's like a huge attractor.
1: Yeah, because I rarely play my switch on the dock mode. I always play handheld mode for the fact that I like that. I, I like that I can take it to work when I'm on break. I'm on lunch. If I'm going on a car ride, I can play it. If I'm just laying down, I can play it. Yeah. I, like, I rarely do it on the TV for the fact that it's, like, I can just play my Xbox. Like, sure, first-party games aren't on Xbox and PlayStation, but it's so still, I mean,
0: like... The, the Xbox and PlayStation first-party games aren't also on yeah. Nintendo, so...
1: I don't know. The rumor's coming out. So, they were saying that it's going to be an OLED screen in handheld mode to do 720p instead of... Whatever the Switch is doing now, and it's supposedly going to do up to 4K in docked mode. I don't buy it, and
0: also I just feel like that would be a bad direction. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense to me. But uh, we do have a release date for Far Cry 6. One of my favorite things, actually, about Far Cry 6 that I've seen so far is your compa- or one of your companions is a little, little wiener dog named Chorizo. Mm-hmm. Which I love. But uh Far Cry six does come out in October on the seventh.
1: Yeah, I don't care for Far Cry. I remember I liked Far Cry Instincts. And that one was cool. I liked most of three up until you kill like the best character and the yeah. most annoying character of the game. And um a lot of people are saying like this game still looks kind of trash, and it's like, bro, if it's kind of looking like trash now, just imagine what it would have looked like. When it would have originally came out last year and went like November. I think I that think. was I think that was the release date. And the reason that they didn't push it out was because it's like, oh, we don't want to oversaturate our games on the at once. because I think uh, Ask Creed Valhalla came out and yes. there was another okay. Ubisoft game. Oh, Breakpoint. Breakpoint came out at the same time, around the same time. I think uh Far Cry would have been the the last one out of the three. Breakpoint first, then Valhalla, and then Far Cry, and they no, maybe I'm wrong about the order. But anyways, it was supposed to come out last year. Yeah. And if it's looking kind of rocky now, I can't even imagine what it was gonna look like at launch. It might have been another cyberpunk situation. They're probably like, you know what? We don't want to take away from all this hate that Cyberpunk's getting, so we're just gonna we're gonna push it back. I mean, it also
0: might have been another fucking- uh, Oh, Watch the, Dogs. The, it was Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs, there we go. The last several Ubisoft- uh, mm-hmm. What was it? The last several Assassin's Creed games? Well, Valhalla was good. Like You it, know, Valhalla's great, Um, but like, fucking- What was the one that was in France and then the one that was in England? So there Unity was Syndicate? And, and yeah, and Syndicate, Unity there we go. and Syndicate.
1: Those came out. Horribly, yeah, horribly. Odyssey and uh, which ones are the Egypt one? Origins, those yeah. ones weren't bad, but that's also since they
0: soft rebooted it with yeah. those, it, it's been better. But prior to that, they were and it's funny because really they're not launches. even like
1: Assassin's Creed games no more. Yeah, they really aren't. They just they're they're like Resident Evil where they have the name and they have the, the legacy behind it, but they're not good Assassin's Creed games.
0: They're they're great games, they don't focus too much on like the actual, yeah building blocks of what made that franchise
1: mhm for another release date we got Dying Light 2 coming out December 7th which i'm very surprised cuz i believe earlier this year or late last year they're like this game is coming eventually yeah, that we was, were
0: basically told it'll come out when it's done.
1: Yeah, it, it, a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, that's just indefinite hiatus right there. Because this game was supposed to come out last console generation because it came out yeah. early in the PlayStation and uh, Xbox one days. And it was supposed to come out a couple of years later, but they switched, um, I think, producers? Something happened. Yeah, that, the, the m- distributors,
0: wasn't it? I think so. Because uh, didn't it pass between like two or three different companies?
1: No, that's that's Dead Island. Dead
0: Island, that's the one I'm remembering, yes. Yeah,
1: but uh, something happened with Dying Light, but they were like, it's coming out yeah. someday, maybe. Because I know it was the people, uh, the team that made Dying Light was the original, some of the original people that made Dead Island. Yeah. And then they were like, fuck this, we're going to make our own zombie games. But
0: ironically, because of how poorly the development of Dead Island 2 was coming along. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then fucking <laughs> Dying Light 2 comes around and they start seeing some of the same problems. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's coming out December 7th. It's called Dying Light 2 Stay Human. Sony reveals that 41% of its players are female. crews. did you know that? Yeah, they're women. Yeah, it's crazy to think that half of the people that make up this, this earth... Also play games. Play games. It's crazy. I had yeah. no fucking clue. I thought it was all dudes
0: yeah i mean who would have thought that women also have hobbies
1: yeah they also enjoy mindless shooting or great stories i i I thought the fact that they came out with that it was just kind of like how out of tune are you or how much of this incel meme are you actually part of where you don't think a good chunk of your player base are female
0: yeah actually uh Uh, Fun fact uh, Sony revealing that 41% of PlayStation players players are female. 41% of uh, players of of any games, any video games in the United States are female. So that, you know, should at the very least track for all of the other systems, uh, except also for the fact that if you look at Xbox's statistics, 45% are female. And if you look at Switches, 51%. Are female
1: which makes sense for the switch because they do have a lot more of that. that's just in the u.s uh yeah.
0: worldwide it's 55 percent
1: yeah uh, air quote cutesy game like animal crossing yeah on and then the also switch.
0: just handheld games tend to track better with a female audience which also makes sense because the
1: 3ds you know what's the cool part about the switch and the 3ds if you're a girl you can put that shit in your purse yeah like i can't do that they're, they're I mean, gonna I get left in my pocket you can't put a switch in your pocket
0: not a Switch. You said a 3DS.
1: I was, yeah. I was 100% yeah. able to
0: carry my 3DS around yeah, in my Yeah, I would
1: put mine in my pocket too. The same with my Vita. And like, like that's going back to the Switch Pro thing is like, if it makes a dock only, I'm definitely not going to get one.
0: You know what's a, a fun fact about um, Sony bragging that uh, 41% of PlayStation players are female? Hmm. Uh, that's down from last year. Oh my God. <laughs> last year, 46%. And now it's 41%. They've lost... Yeah, they've lost player base, so it seems like a weird time to be like, "Hey guys, look over here," because when you look a little bit too close to what they have over there, it's not a positive
1: tracking. Yeah, and the part that just blows my mind is there's still dudes to this day who are like, "Girls can't play." And
0: one thing that I found, uh, just it's it's super entertaining to see, but it's also just cringy shit. Is uh on TikTok, um, there are these girls who will just play games competitively, right, and then somebody on their squad that they've randomly matched up with hears that they're a girl and suddenly they do the, like, the oh, oh, shit, oh, fuck, uh, 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 and then they start paying way too much attention to them mm-hmm. because they're girls, and it's like, dude.
1: Yeah. What the f- Why would you do this to yourself? I know a lot of people are like, I wish I had a girlfriend that plays games. I don't. <laughs> My girlfriend plays games, and 99% of the time it's cool. It's like, yeah, me and her are gonna go play this game. But that 1% of the time it's like, I want to play this other game, but my significant other wants to play this game. And I can't be like, I can be like, no, I can tell Brittany and be like, no, I'm going to go play this game. She's like, you would personally feel bad. I would feel bad. She'd be like, go for it. I'm going to go play this other game. I don't care. But it's like, damn, Let me go play with her and I'll just play this game later.
0: No, for me, the reason why I'm not like super big into like the whole, ooh, I wish my partner played video games. Like there's that idea that there are some things that would be cool about it, but at the same time, I think it's perfectly fine to have hobbies that are just yours. Mm -hmm. There are things that my wife likes to do that I don't necessarily like to do with her. And like, it's not like I won't if she asks me, but it's also not something she'll generally ask me because that's her space. Mm -hmm. That's like her time to have to herself yeah uh playing video games is my time to have to myself you know like if i'm sitting down and i'm playing some you know resident evil 8 or whatever just running away from big vampire mommy like i'm not gonna be like hey hun come over here we'll switch every time i die you play every time (laughs) you die i play knowing full well that she would die way more than i would and i'd get to play more but um there's no need for that from me yeah I, i i very much feel like that's my thing. I wouldn't mind if she had the same hobby, but I feel like I'd be the opposite of you where it's like I would feel, even in that scenario, I would feel bad asking them to play what I'm playing because I'd be like, no, they probably want to play their own thing. And I'm going to be over here and play my thing and whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. So the takeaway from this is if you think girls are a rare in games. They're not. They're at not. All. They're, they... Almost
0: every friend that I have that is a girl plays games.
1: Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2077 got a new game director. Yeah. His name is Gabriel... Amadangelo? Yeah. That's the word.
0: Something like that. It's a weird name to read.
1: Yeah, it is. In case you didn't know, the previous director was Adam Boblowski. I'm terrible with names. Yeah.
0: Bobowski. Yeah. No, that's, that's right.
1: Other than that, I just hope this means that Cyberpunk is going to be moving in a better direction. Clearly, Adam had some good ideas, but the execution was terrible because we pu- publicly it's known that Cyberpunk was remade. Yeah. Three, three times? Three or four, yeah. I think this one's no, the attempt number three. Maybe, yeah. And it's just like, Adam, what the fuck? What was going on, bro? Why couldn't you stick with one thing? Well, from what I've
0: heard... um. He was not the best at telling like marketing side no, mm. so like they had pressure to put out the first like you know they they started development on Cyberpunk like fucking ten years like, ago yeah, something, something like that, like that. and they had that one E three trailer that was super badass. But like they literally made that trailer for E three to announce that they were working on the game, but like there was no game. That yeah. was that was an idea for a game before the game ever even started because. They just couldn't tell marketing or, you know, that side of the of the company, like, no, we can't do that. There's nothing for us to show. Yeah.
1: I think that trailer also um, came out at the same time that Prates 2, uh, their trailer was, where it's like, yeah. you're a badass colonel, bro, that you see get abducted as well in the first game. And you're a bounty hunter. And that trailer was like, this is going to look bad fucking ass. And then and they're it like,
0: it never came out and they read it. Yeah, out.
1: they're like, nah. Yeah. Fuck you.
0: So yeah, hopefully. Uh I don't know too much about Gabriel, but I'm hoping that if they're throwing him in there, I hope it's the right people that put him in that spot. I hope it's yeah. not just the, the same guys that fucked up the, the process of making cyberpunk who Good. put him in there. Yeah. You know, I, I hope it's the dev team recognizing they need a, a better direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Another news, Dead by Daylight finally released its characters from yeah. the Resident Evil crossover the game. Fuck you, I was right. Yeah, you were right. I remember 100% of the way. I told you. And then at the t- the reason that I didn't want to believe that is cuz like come on, guys, don't 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 play it safe. You have this whole universe that you could go with and you went with the safest bet, Nemesis as the killer. Yeah. Which it makes sense, but he's again, like the it,
0: the villain people think of when they Which think is Resident fucking
1: weird cuz he was only in one fucking game.
0: He was only in one game, but like at the same time The design was kind of everywhere.
1: He was in one game in both the original Resident Evil 3 and remake. The game isn't that long. No, it's about three hours. And the fact that this guy is the flagship for Resident Evil, which is like crazy to me because they could have chose Albert Wesker. Albert Wesker has been in the game almost as much as Chris has.
0: Yeah, the only problem with Wesker is that, like, how would you do that as a dead... He can teleport, and also, like, if you shoot him, it doesn't matter.
1: Dude, Nemesis gets hella fucked up and in Dead by Daylight, you know what stops him? a fucking wooden pallet.
0: I guess he got a point.
1: He takes rocket launchers to the face and he's like, <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> eventually the
0: the rocket launch to the face killed him.
1: Yeah, but I'm talking wooden pallets do not yeah. have the same power as guns. That's a good point. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Albert Wesker could have been the same thing like Nemesis. So Nemesis uh, mutates as the match goes on. They could have done the same thing with Wesker. Wesker does the exact same thing. He That's mutates.
0: True. They could have had him at the beginning, right? They could have Being had normal. Base, yeah. And then his mutation could have been he put on some sick sunglasses and a trench coat. <laughs> and then after that, uh, he, he turns like... into the boulder that Chris punches.
1: Yeah, exactly. They could have done that. They could have done something other than them and says, I wish they would have brought Jack. Jack would have been cool or even a mold monster. That way it's harder to see them. You know, you just scatter mold around, and you just pop up and give him a good little butt touch. But no, they won't. Them he looks cool. He does. He look, plays he cool. cool. Shit. He as of right now, as of recording, he looks overpowered. Not super overpowered, but at least annoyingly, because he spawns with two zombies as well, and these zombies can hurt slash down the survivors. Yeah. And speaking of survivors, the two that they brought in, of course, Leon. Yep. Which to me doesn't make fucking sense. I told you he
0: is one he's the most recognizable male Which character. I don't understand why. Everybody loves Leon.
1: Chris has been in they did my boy Chris Dirty. And oh. I even I even tweeted that out when they announced it. I was like, I can't believe you did my boy Dirty like this with Chris because they put Jill, Leon and Jill never have met ever in the entire life of Resident Evil. Other than and you that, know what, now that you're pointing it out, yeah, I can't think he, of the time where him and Jill have never met because Jill came out in Resident Evil One, came out in Resident Evil Three, came out in Resident Evil Five, mm-hmm. and Five is the last time we saw her. Is it? Yes, she didn't come out in Six. She wasn't right. in Seven. Now,
0: obviously, she hasn't been in Seven or Eight because yeah,
1: duh. So it's like Leon has never met Jill. So why the fuck did you put? I think Leon? it's just because it's... the popularity, like that's yeah, what it comes down the to. The most
0: popular male character, most popular female character. Because, like off of lore, if you pick Jill, then naturally you would pick Chris, and if you pick Leon, then naturally you would you pick would Ada, pick Cl-
1: or or even yeah, Ada, even though, or I guess uh, Claire. Claire. Claire would be the bet because it's, it's. I know they're gonna do um, my thing is just that like, legendary skins yeah. where uh, it's like you can pretend to be Chris. It's it's Leon's mod or. It's the same model, just yeah. cosmetic. So, you know that's what's gonna happen because that's what they did with Silent Hill. They added Cheryl. Yeah. But they have a skin where she plays as you can be the cop chick or you yeah. can be the a smiling nurse. I don't. I don't care for Silent Hill. Silent Hill's trash. Fucking catch me outside.
0: I think Silent Hill is another one of those examples of like something that had like a like a pretty cool idea and then like execution
1: has not been the best. No, fuck no. But at least uh, one thing I will give Resident Evil is they don't whore out Nemesis in the games as Silent Hill does with Pyramid Head. Yeah. because Nemesis, like I said, only came out in one fucking game. But anytime Resident Evil gets involved, he's in Marvel versus Capcom. The
0: thing is, I think that that's just what happened with Nemesis is that like people just really resonated with the character design. People mm-hmm. looked at him and they were like, that looks fucking cool. Never mind that he's just essentially another tyrant.
1: Yeah, which, again, they, they could have done Mr. If Mr. X was in I would have been more happy with that because it's like, okay. They... But then
0: if, if Mr. X is in it, then you figure you should just you should just theme the whole thing, like Resident Evil 2, and then you like keep Leon, yeah. you bring in Claire. Exactly. I don't know. But I... it also seems weird for them to bring in Nemesis and Jill, and then somebody who's never fought Nemesis or yeah. hung out with Jill.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. Like in Resident Evil 2, you hear Nemesis roar in the remake, you yeah. hear him like, ah. But you don't exactly see like them. that. If you play the game, you hear that noise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I understand where your complaint comes from, but like Again, it it seems like they went with the most recognizable villain, the most recognizable male, and the most recognizable female. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you're right. They're going to do a cosmetic where it's like, here's no, Chris.
1: I, I will bet everyone who listens then, $5, they will. And then probably uh, a cosmetic for Jill where it's like, oh, this is actually Claire. Yeah, it's going to be Claire, Ada. They might do a legendary skin with uh, adult, what's her name, Sherry, the little girl that they save in Resident Evil 2. Because oh, yeah. she comes out in had, six.
0: Yeah, she's, she's a character now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, she comes out in six, but she also comes out in like I think it's like two of the manga.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: But you know, it'd be an out of left field thing, hmm. uh, like a legendary cosmetic, and it's just Ashley.
1: Ashley, the oh daughter yeah, of the yeah. President. It would be hella funny. Who we have see.
0: not seen anything from f- no, since yeah, the end of that since
1: four. After like, after, after not she even got in rejected. The expanded shit.
0: You know what character they – they this is an aside. You know what character they kind of fucked over with the franchise? Hmm. Rebecca Chambers.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah. Because she
0: was so fucking cool, and then she came out in like a stage play after that, mm-hmm. and we haven't heard from her since. Yep. I think she's, she's in – She's in Resident Evil Zero. She's in Resident Evil Zero. But no, she's in one of the uh, movies, isn't she? Maybe. I can't remember if she's in the second one or if I'm remembering the trailer to the one that's coming out. Yeah, something. But, but I know that she, she was in something fairly recently, but most of her character development has been in a stage play that was specifically about her as a researcher at some like mm-hmm. random fucking yeah. college in like the middle of buttfuck nowhere, like yeah. Utah or something. Yeah.
1: But anyways, th- th- those are the characters. By the time you hear this, we might have a release date because right now they're just in the PTB. Yeah. That's as far as it goes. Resident Evil. Uh, the last two things is Knockout City hit 2 million players, and it's only been a week since it's been out.
0: Yeah, it's been popping off a little bit. It's basically a big dodgeball game, yep. and um, it's, you know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball, so, like, yeah. it's not that
1: hard. Nope. It's a 3v3 unless you get everyone to rank 5, and then you can do 4v4. Yep. The game's pretty cool. I will agree with everyone. The models are ugly as shit. I'm pretty sure they went with oh, it. So I, they... would,
0: I would say the whole game is ugly as shit.
1: Nah, the, the sound quality is fucking good. No, 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 The
0: sound quality is good, but like the environments yeah. are, to me, very boring. And then also, because they, they reuse assets so much, I feel like the map knowledge, which is an important part mm. of a competitive game, it, it all kind of looks a little bit muddier. Yeah. So I could understand it taking somebody... A little bit longer than normal to be like, oh, I'm in this part of the map right now Mm -hmm. without having to look at the map, without, you know, to be able to understand their directions. Yeah. Because, like, even when you talk about muddy games, fucking CSGO is all brown, but at least the way they design their levels, uh, a person who's played it, you know, for more than, like, an hour... You, you can pop them into a random part of that map and they, they'll they know like, oh, if I go left, I, I'll wind up yeah. here. If I go right, I'll, I'll wind up here. This knockout city, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like I could be any one of these three places that I use this same building. I just don't like the characters. Yeah, they look ugly. They, they
1: definitely went with, uh, you can be a dude wearing a dress and that's normal and that's okay. If you want to be a girl, that's hella buff. Yeah. Like that whole pandering thing.
0: My thing with it is just like, I don't necessarily have that much of a problem with somebody doing that because like fucking there, the Saints Row does that. Yeah. So like there, there have been games that do that, but like it's the actual design of the avatars and like the avatar elements, like the, the things they are wearing and stuff that look kind of ugly to me where it's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't feel like there was a, like there was a uniform design that they agreed upon. Like there, it doesn't feel like there was an art director basically. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there was a guy who was like, this is the style for the characters. This is the, the you know, sort of weight and the, the shape language we're going to use for the people design and for the environment design and for the, you know, accessory design. So everything looks uniform. It kind of looks like a game that was made with, like, pre-made assets. And yeah. they were like, we can use these bits. And it's not so bad. It's not like PUBG where, like, that was actually made with pre-used or pre-made assets and you can tell. But it just doesn't feel like there was this unified direction. It didn't look like there was somebody that they're reporting back to that they're like, how does this look? That that one guy who's saying, no, we should change this. You change this a little bit. That looks fine. Blah, blah, blah. You know, giving yeah. them notes. It kind of just feels like three different parts of a department were told this is what you're working on. And then they were like, all right, let's put the game out. Yeah. Without really talking to each other. <clears throat> so it all just looks kind of gross.
1: Yeah. The game's cool. It doesn't look as good, um, but fuck it. I prefer good gameplay over graphics anyways. Yeah, that's true. The last bit of gaming news is Skyward Sword is coming out July 16th. They came out with an amiibo for it, which by the time you listen to this, it's already sold out. But the the most important part about this amiibo is it lets you fast travel whenever you want, wherever you want. You can be balls deep in the dungeon and you can just... (laughs) fast travel out you could be getting cutting some grass and you can fast travel out and um i've never played Skyward sword but from what i've asked about people who've played the game they don't seem to mind the fast traveling being locked behind an amiibo because there is fast traveling points in the game that you can yeah. walk to but um i don't know if that's just them being salty because they weren't able to get it or if they actually mean like oh yeah it doesn't matter It it's zelda I like to shit on Zelda a lot, and that's because a lot of the fan base like to make it out to be this masterpiece. And it's like, bro, it takes three hits to kill the boss. Yeah. That's not too hard. like It definitely is more for a casual audience, which there's nothing wrong with. But the part that bothers me is when people try to make Zelda to be like, without Zelda, we wouldn't have modern games. And it's like, no the like the only ones that i can think of that really changed the world a bit was ocarina of time which i think is the most overhyped shit ever yeah it's i prefer good. majora's it's... mask more yeah and breath of the wild those are the two games that i could say changed the landscape of gaming because... so much that people mimic it yeah
0: fucking um ocarina of time was something where like a- after that came out like i remember like there were like three or four games around that time that basically mimicked that art style. And then Breath of the Wild. Obviously, we got things like you know, Genshin, Genshin Impact yeah. and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. there's a clear inspiration that's close
1: enough that it's almost like,
0: eh, it kind of feels like you're ripping it off a little bit. Yeah, uh,
1: Another game that's not Genshin is I think it's called like Phoenix Rising. Yes,
0: Phoenix Rising. That's the, uh, uh, the Ubisoft like, one. Ubisoft one, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So by the time you hear this, you might have already missed out on the Amiibo. But I have good news. If you want one, I have an extra, and I'll sell it to you, the listener, for sixty dollars. Oh my God! You can hit us at Nakama Pod on Instagram if you're interested. <laughs>
0: Uh, moving on, uh, Kyoko Iwami, the author of *Transparent Light Blue*, is launching a new manga today. She is not here in June. We don't have an exact date for it, but um, the thing is, *Transparent Light Blue* is not a kind of manga that I normally would like because it's like uh, what's the term for it? They're lesbians. It's a lesbian thing, <laughs> but it's not like a, it's not like a lesbian porn kind of thing, right? It's like a cutesy, romancey kind of thing, but. Dude, the fucking art, the artwork in that manga is like impressive enough that, you know, I didn't finish it, but it kept me there for like a while where I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. And it's basically about a girl who uh, hangs out with her best friend a lot and they have a lot of fun. And then her best friend gets a boyfriend and then the girl has to struggle with like, oh, this sucks. I can't spend as much time with my friend anymore. I'm kind of jealous. And then wait, am I? Am I jealous because I can't hang out with her? Or am I jealous because she's not with me? And then mm. it's one of those, like, oh, shit, am I gay? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very much one of those, you know, stories. But it it's, like, genuinely, like, a very soft, nice story. And it, it does what it's trying to do very well. Uh, today she is not here. I don't know too much about it and again coming from somebody who likes to draw and stuff anytime something has really good art my brain goes what is that i'm i'm looking forward to this one and then we also got news that a uh sixth part in the loop in the third series is in development right now for the 50th anniversary of the entire series
1: yeah i saw that yeah which uh
0: for those of you out there who do not know what loop in the third is kind of weird but it's the story of a thief who is the grandson of Lupin which is so. like this like famous French thief character he's uh, of Arsène Lupin and uh he's essentially uh to Arsène Lupin what Nathan Drake is to fucking Sir Francis Drake where it's like it's a descendant that does the mm-hmm. exact same thing sometimes going after the same thing that the you know the person they descended from yeah. fucking went after and it's this goofy sort of crime, you know, action comedy thing that is just usually pretty good. It's had a couple of entries that are, you know, less than great. But for the most part, it's a good series. And that's something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. But from
1: here. We're going to talk about Fanime.
0: Fanime. Fanime was over the weekend and it was entirely. Digitally. Digital. Yeah. Uh, they used a uh, service that basically, it basically allowed these panels to happen over Zoom. Uh, and it's a service called Hoova. And I didn't have any problems with the service itself. Yeah, I didn't either. It, I thought it worked, worked pretty, pretty well. well. And I think... I, I think that like it's definitely a direction that should be explored a little bit more, I think. Because it feels like maybe it wasn't used to its full potential.
1: No, I think what bothered me about using it is... I don't know if it was a setting that I needed to turn off, but it had um, live captioning. So whatever they were saying... The little thing which try to yeah. subtitle we try it
0: tried to guess what they were saying.
1: And a lot of it was super wrong. And yeah. then it would cover most of their screen. So so one of the things that I was watched was Lady Bird's podcast panel. And the entire time that they were talking, the computer tried to do the subtitles of what they were saying, and I couldn't really see anything that they were actually trying to present because it was like a Zoom meeting. Yeah and that was annoying. I think it was my only gripe was I don't know if it was a setting that I needed to turn off or what, but I hated how it was trying to catch what they were trying to say because some of it was really wrong and then when I if I didn't wasn't paying attention and I read what they were saying, they would be talking about weird shit all the time.
0: Yeah. It was definitely something that, that often was more confusing than helpful. Yeah. I understand that there are some people who need it, but, like, again, like with you, I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. And so, like, as somebody who doesn't need it, who's actively paying attention, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes somebody would talk to me and I'd, I'd move my attention away for a little bit. And then I'd go back and I'd try to figure out the context based off of reading what the thing said. And it just confused me more because it's like that's clearly not what they were talking
1: about. Yeah. Overall, the the digital event was not as good as I was hoping. No. Anime definitely is more of an experience to go in person than yeah. it is to do it digitally because the atmosphere helps, the people there help, and it's missing all that. Doing yeah, being digitally. able to
0: like go through and look at things by yourself at a convention is obviously it's still it's still the preferred method. Being able to go through artist alley instead of like a a, a web page. Where it's because that's what Artist Sally was. I don't know if you checked yeah, it out. Yeah,
1: no, I did try to check it out, but it, it just was just a
0: essentially a web page that linked to a bunch of people's like Instagram pages or mm-hmm. Etsy stores or whatever. Mm-hmm. And while I can appreciate that they tried something, I it it doesn't work the same way. I like going to Artist Sally when when we go to a conventions. Because I like talking to the people who make the thing and and hearing how they came about making the thing that they're presenting to you. And oftentimes that can be the deciding factor for me between whether I get something or not. Because like Articelli is full of amazing stuff. yeah, But it's full of amazing stuff and I have like $20 in my pocket. So it's like who am I going to spend $20 on? Well, there's this cool thing over here that I like. There's this cool thing over here that I I like. There's this cool thing over here that I like. But then you get to talking to these people, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I did. I knew this is how I developed this, and blah, 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 blah. And then you're just kind of like, oh, shit, I kind of want to give you my money now.
1: Here you mm, go. Yeah. Give me but, the uh, thing. But overall, it was decent. I definitely feel like Crunchyroll's structure is a lot better than Fanime's. But yeah. Definitely Crunchyroll is more of a I wouldn't say like a business side of it, but it's more structures. There's be- definitely more industry stuff that you yeah. see. And I think that's what makes it better than Fanime. When it comes to digital events, Because yeah. when it comes in person, Fanime, without a doubt. If I had to choose between one or the other, Fandime I would go has, to faname. Has
0: more people and generally more things for you to do in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, Crunchyroll, well, Crunchyroll's newer, so it's a little bit yeah. smaller. Mm-hmm. And so while they can definitely do some industry stuff, there's not as many other like in person con goers, and that is often like a benefit because yeah. you you get to see other people's costumes. Uh, you get to hear what they're talking about. You get to talk to them about things. You get to meet other people. And obviously there's less of an opportunity for that at a smaller convention where there's less people. Yeah. But – um as far as the digital event goes, like, uh, one of the first ones that I saw was on Friday, and it was a uh, a panel on how to write and create manga. And that's something that I'm interested in because it's something that I, I want to do. And they had one guy on who spoke about a uh, an anime that he produced, like, back in the 90s. He's some Russian dude. And... I thought it was odd because they opened with this dude and it's a it's a thing about how to write and create manga. And he's talking about this anime that he produced. And so the guy's like, okay, well, can you tell us about how the manga – because the manga got produced afterwards. And the dude was basically just like, ah, oh, I really didn't have anything to do with that. That was, oh. like a, that was like a Japanese author that we found and we were like, here's the movie. Can you make this into a manga? And so then it was like, I don't understand. Like, I don't get why you had him talk about this. He yeah. wasn't the only speaker, but like I don't get why he was there mm-hmm. if – the focus was on how to make manga and this dude was just like, I didn't do that. I wrote a movie and then I gave it to this Japanese lady to draw it.
1: Yeah, I I think that's another thing that I didn't like about Fanime's digital event this time is um it's cool that they let normal people like me, you and anyone listening to get a chance to give their opinions on stuff. But I definitely feel like there needs to be a little bit more um not regiments but like things steps you have to do before it's like okay you know we'll give you a platform to talk about because the the one of the things i checked out on, on saturday that podcast i brought up with yeah i thought i was gonna be talking about like how to do an anime podcast it's like clearly well that's what we do yeah if i can get some insider tips that'd be cool but they had nothing to do the things that they talked about was nothing about their podcast all they talked about was about black people and how they're represented in in animes in anime communities And that stuff is important to point out, like, yeah, black people get shit on all the time, where it's like, why are you trying to be a white girl when your skin is dark? Like, that shouldn't matter. So it's like...
0: You're talking about, like, the cosplay angle where, like, a black cosplayer will play a character that's not black, and then people will be like, oh, this is the black version of that character, when, like, the point is they're not trying to be the black version of that character, they're trying to be the character.
1: Yeah, and, like, I can understand them trying to spread awareness about it, but it's, like, the, the panel made it seem like you are going to talk about your podcast. And that that was what I was interested in more than this subject because I'm already aware of that, you know?
0: Yeah. One of the things that I, I do, like one of my complaints about it is mostly just like the, I guess, the sort of structure of the panels. They, they had some people on that had like a lot of really interesting things to say and things that like, you know, I enjoyed watching. There was a uh, panel that I saw from... Um, it it was actually i believe it was part of the same one that i was talking about they had a a second speaker on which was this kid who started like writing books when he was like 17 he's like 24 so he's younger than both of us mm-hmm. and he's made like 3 like full on mangas he's got one in production right now and like i checked them out online cuz i was like you know this guy's talking about this stuff like he's you know like he's he's like an industry veteran basically So, like, I want to see where he's coming from. And then, like, I looked at the stuff that he was doing, and it's like, the artwork's really good. The actual writing of it's really good. Like, this kid actually knows what he's talking about. But despite the fact that, like, he had a lot of good things to say, his artist had a lot of good things to say, the overall production of it was still, like, not great. And I I feel like, one, it's because of the reliance on Zoom. Yeah. The quality, obviously, of these streams is not going to be that good. and But also... I have a feeling that when they uh, got these presenters to do these these panels, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of focus on the technical side of things, Mm -hmm. on telling them how to set up what they were going to to give us the best product because – even, you know, as somebody who like fucking I Twitch stream and stuff and I don't do that consistently anymore just because I've been, you know, moving things around and stuff. But it's, you know, that that kind of production of stuff that I pay a lot of attention to. And I can look at what's going on with their video streams and say like, oh, they're having these problems. Yeah. And they're they're maybe not like they're not problems that I would expect somebody who's never used a computer before to understand. But like definitely something that if you were a tech support guy, you could explain over the phone. Yeah. And I feel like that aspect of it was not focused on where it's like, OK, how can we tell our presenters how to set up what they're presenting the best way? So that way the panel, which is essentially the only thing that the convention is, is just panels, is the best quality that it can be. Yeah, it's a, it was like a $10 ticket if you didn't yeah. already. I didn't have to pay anything because I already bought tickets for Fanime like last two years ago. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and COVID.
1: I, yeah, I got the $10 thing in it. It was worth the $10 since you, if, without it, you couldn't have gotten in. Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, it was. it's not like it was... We've we've spent a, quite a while criticizing it, and it's not like it's. it was a terrible thing. Yeah, it's not coming
1: it, from a bad place. It's yeah. more just, like, these are some of the things... If you can go to anime in real real life, hopefully next year, yeah. fucking go, 100% go. If you had to go to one physically, I would choose this one over Crunchyroll, hands yeah. down. The experience is good. It's just, like, yeah, like, some of the criticism is just... The technical aspect of it is yeah, not... Yeah, it definitely... It, it lacks structure. Yeah.
0: And also, I, I feel like... And this is not to, you know... I guess... This is not to, to put too much judgment on the actual, like, people that were a part of these panels. But I do feel like they didn't necessarily pick the best presenters. Yeah. Like, the industry guys that they got in, the guests of honor and stuff, for the most part, they were very good at what they were doing. But it's clear that, you know, because their guests that that are industry people they've they've talked about what they do before and yeah. so they can sit in front of the camera and they can say things in a very clear very concise way they're not repeating themselves a lot and they're not stammering too much they're presenting everything properly but you do have a lot of these fan panels where like they're talking and it's a whole lot of dead silence mm-hmm. and a whole lot of uh uh, um, uh Or one of the like, and this is just like a little pet peeve of mine when it comes to presenting, is one of those things where somebody is, you know, talking about a subject that they clearly know more about than the average person. And one, they don't explain the things that they didn't know going into it. Right. Because once you get to a certain level of understanding in a subject, you you tend to lose the entry level stuff. Because you yeah. just assume it's something everybody knows when it's not. Mm-hmm. But also the reliance on, like, you know, where it's just like they'll talk about stuff and they like, say, hey, you know, this. Move. And it's like, no, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So you can't just be like, and then, you know, and then start talking about something else because I, I don't know. And that's a key part of what you're what you're setting up for the next thingy. Uh, so as far as the the actual selection of presenters goes, I feel like there could have been a little bit more. Um, they either could have been more selective about it, or they could have been better at coaching and yeah, had you know I some, some staff dedicated agree with that too. Yeah, yeah, to say like this is what we expect. This is sort of the quality that we expect, and. If you guys need any help, you know, we, Fanime as a production, I mean, they've been going on since what, the early 2000s, mid 90s? I think so. I think 90s. And so they've been around for that long. Obviously, they have experience in production. And even if it, even if this is the first time they've ever had to do it digitally, there's not necessarily anything different between presenting in front of people live. And presenting in front of people live over the internet. There's just a camera and, you know, a yeah. microphone. Mm-hmm. And, yes, yeah, some people get, you know, a little bit awkward in front of that stuff. But all in all, a lot of those skills translate. And so I feel like there maybe could have been a little bit better as far as support on that end.
1: Yeah. It's still, it was still good. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was definitely worth $10. But if you can go to one of these conventions, uh, in peculiar. Yeah. In, in particular. In particular, like, fuck it. <laughs> if you can go to Fanime, fucking go for it. I, it's definitely better than Crunchyroll because there's more fan stuff for Fanime, which makes sense because yeah. it's in the name. But um, digitally, there's a lot to be desired. And but, I feel I mean, like
0: digitally, Crunchyroll obviously has a leg up. They're a video production yeah. company. And then also for, they for, had last year.
1: Yeah, for this for this being the first year, it wasn't too terrible, just, you know... There's room to grow. Yeah.
0: I, I fully expect this is, again, not to detract from Fanime. I just, I fully expect the, the virtual Crunchyroll that we're getting later on this year to be of better quality. Yeah. But again, A, they're a video production website. And B, this is the second time they'd be doing it. Uh-huh. The first time they did it was also a little bit rough.
1: Yeah. I think that's Other mostly... than that, that's
0: that's it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Nakamapod. You can follow us at Twitter at Podcast. You can follow our TikTok, not the knock of a no, just knock of a podcast, and then uh, you can also follow us on Twitch. We have all of our links uh, through our link tree on our Instagram. You can check us out through that. Uh, until next time, we'll see you guys later.
1: Bye.